Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All righty, hour number two of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. So we're going to Vegas on Sunday. We fly out. We'll be doing five kick-ass shows for you Monday through Friday next week on Radio Row. Uh, we have some big-time guests already booked, and I mean big-time guests, so a tip of a cap to uh, one Michael Santer. Now we just got to make sure that they all show up and we don't have anyone like run off set with us. You know, Shep may be sabotaging the show and already reaching out to all those guests to tell them to not come on the show. And maybe that's why the YouTube stream wasn't working earlier in the program. It could have been Shep just at the end of the, the show last night playing around with the wires behind here. But looking forward to going out to Vegas, having some fun and delivering you what I think is the best coverage from Radio Row anywhere in the country. You know, I've been to now over 10 radio rows. I, I got to see how many I've actually been to. Um, but I think we do. We will do a phenomenal job uh, next week and just sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and have some fun. I know it's a different show next week, and it is crazy going from guest to guest to guest. But I think we do bring out the, the, some of the best out of the guests that we do end up uh, getting. And I always feel like our interviews are different than any other show um, with what we're able to do um, and also just be at the Super Bowl and, you know, the platform that we have here on CBS Sports Radio. So we appreciate you, first and foremost, uh, the most. But all that nice stuff doesn't come without a uh, complaint. Here's my complaint. And I don't know where Santer lies on this. I don't know where Stu lies on this. And Santer and Stu could give me their opinion coming up momentarily. I'm already sick and tired of the Brock Purdy coverage. I don't need to hear... Cam Newton say that there are 10 players or Brock is the 10th best player on the San Francisco 49ers. I am already past this conversation of game manager and, um, you know, is he a good quarterback? And, hey, full disclosure, I'm someone that in September said he's a game manager. But the conversation about it doesn't lead you anywhere. Because here's what happens. Next Sunday, Brock Purdy plays awesome, wins the Super Bowl, and people will praise him, or people will say he's a product of the system. That's what happens if they win. If they lose, everyone's going to say, see, this is why Brock Purdy isn't all that, and maybe that the 49ers should go explore a Kirk Cousins or maybe try to go for the second year in a row, hit back up Tom Brady. Or can they do better? Can they go get somebody else? And that conversation to me is just ludicrous because Brock Purdy in the playoffs has done enough to prove that he should be the starting quarterback for the 49ers next year. He has. But there's no winning this conversation because it's almost turned into 
this is probably an extreme, but you'll hear my point when I explain it. It's almost turned into the LeBron-MJ conversation. And what I mean by that is the LeBron-MJ conversation is one, when it's suggested for me to do it, I always object to it. And I absolutely detest that conversation, and most times I refuse to do it. Because what happens with the LeBron-MJ conversation is you have the LeBron fans trash absolutely trash MJ and they don't listen to the other side where the MJ fans just absolutely trash LeBron James. There's no conversation. And don't get me wrong. I could be loud. I could be bombastic. I could hammer home my point on the radio, but I always listen to the other side. I will always encourage the other side of the conversation. Like, if you listen to me and you say, I disagree with what this guy Zach Gelb says, I always encourage you. Give me a call at 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Now, we don't wait for you for nine years to make that point. You got to be ready when we go to you to make the point. This is not a waiting room where we wait for you to make the point. When you call... We value our listeners' time. We expect you to be ready to go. And if you can't keep up, if you can't hang, if you can't make sense in trying to articulate your point, then I get rid of you. But I will always allow someone to make the point. But there's a lot of times, and I learned this early on with the MJ LeBron debate, I could do the best 15 minutes of radio ever. And the moment... We open up the phones. It's just such a divisive topic and such a heated topic that it's just screaming, not listening to what was being said, and just saying what you want to say and not hearing the other side. And that's almost the point now where we're at with the Brock Purdy conversation where you could think he's a game manager. You could think he's an elite quarterback. You could think he's a good but not great quarterback. There's no listening. There's no conversation. There's no back and forth because in a weird way, Brock Purdy, to no fault of his own, has been polarizing. He is now a polarizing topic of conversation for a story that is fantastic. He was the last pick in the draft. The last two years, he's been to an NFC title game And now he's been to a Super Bowl. He has had comebacks. There was no expectation when Brock Purdy got into the league. And maybe if he was a first-round pick, this conversation wouldn't be there. But because of where he was drafted, being Mr. Irrelevant, there's just a lot of people that don't like to say, hey, I may have got that one wrong. And you try to look for the other shoe to just drop and the real Brock Purdy to stand up. And I question going into this season what he would be. You know, it would be just dishonest if I didn't say that. I questioned what Brock Purdy was because I didn't know. I thought there were some encouraging signs last year, but I didn't think there was a big enough sample size for me to say he is definitely going to be a success. And no crap, you need great players to win in this league. If Brock Purdy 
is with the Patriots right now. Is Brock Purdy playing this level of football? No. But that doesn't mean he can't go anywhere and not have success. Like I said yesterday, I'd rather have Brock Purdy over to a tongue of Iloa. I think if you put Brock Purdy on the Dolphins, the Dolphins would have won a playoff game this year. I really do believe that. And you have a lot of talent in Miami. You got a lot of talent in San Francisco. Say what you want. You could only deal with what you're working with and what gets put on your on your plate in front of you. And for Brock Purdy, he has Debo. He has Brandon Ayuk. He has Kittle. He has Williams. He has Christian McCaffrey. He's got tremendous players around him. But ultimately, it all comes down to, can you deliver on what Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't? Can you deliver on what Trey Lance couldn't? And that's a Lombardi trophy. And that's a championship. And in the NFL, there were few teams entering this season that there was a legitimate feeling it's Super Bowl or bust. The Niners were one of them. And they hitched their wagon to Brock Purdy. And is Brock Purdy the reason why the 49ers are winning? I wouldn't say he is the reason, but he is a reason. And that's coming from someone that said he was a game manager before this year. Right now, I think Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. I'm not ready to call him a top five quarterback. I'm not ready to say he's a great quarterback. I'm not ready to say he's elite, but he's good. He is extremely effective. And you've seen this team not get off to the best of starts in the playoffs. Part of it is his problem, part of it not. And against the Packers and against the Lions, when he needed to, he stepped up and he delivered. So I know as we get set to embark and go to Las Vegas, it's one of the biggest topic of conversations going into the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey thing is enormous. But that's not an on-the-field story. That's an off-the-field story. And when you go into this game, the first two things I think about from a coverage standpoint is the historical significance of Mahomes winning this third Super Bowl. Where you have some, and I think it's premature. He'd be a Hall of Famer if he retired tomorrow, but it's premature to say he's better than Brady. You've already had some say it. So he wins another Super Bowl. It just further enhanced that conversation of how many Super Bowls will Patrick Mahomes win. And the other is, can Brock Purdy do what the Niners have been close to accomplishing for the last few seasons? They have been in NFC title games. They have been in a Super Bowl. They've been in a Super Bowl up against Kansas City with a 10-point lead with seven and a half to play. And Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't get the job done. Jimmy Garoppolo got the ball batted down at the line of scrimmage by Chris Jones, and Jimmy Garoppolo overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. We knew Brock Purdy could get back to an NFC title game. I didn't know if Brock Purdy could win an NFC title game entering this season. He displayed he can this year. And now it's about finishing the job and winning the Lombardi Trophy. But this conversation from now until kickoff, it's just one that I've already had enough with. And it's one that drives me bonkers because if you're saying Brock Purdy is a game manager, which I have said before in the past, I feel like there is vitriol there now with a lot of people where they're like they're using it as a backhanded kind of way to just further what they said. And in the other way, I don't think it's fair to say that he's the number one reason why they're winning as well. There's no like middle ground here. 
and it just turns into like a really ugly, nasty fight. And hey, if you listen to the last segment, uh, there's a lot of fights that I'm willing to participate in. This one, I just don't have the energy to do it because I, I don't think anyone wins really in this conversation. It is a fun story. I like fun stories. I think Brock Purdy's a fun story. I hope Brock Purdy plays his uh, tail off and wins Super Bowl MVP. I have no problem with that. But I know if he does not play a good game, oh, the people that are going to be playing the I told you so crowd are going to be insufferable. That's coming from someone who also said he was a game manager. I will not do the I told you so because he's already proven that he's belonging then. So. Well, to be fair, you didn't call him a game manager. You called him a system quarterback. Okay. Similar, but different, right? System quarterback can still be elite, just mm-hmm. only elite because of that one system. He, he's better than a game manager. Right. I think a game manager kind of just says he doesn't make mistakes, yeah. but he doesn't do anything great. System quarterback means he might do great things, but he's only doing those great things because of the system he's in. Yeah. So I think it's it's nuanced. Synonymous, it's a, yeah. S- synonymous to an extent, but also not exactly apples to apples. But with that being said, I think he's, if he's anything, he's, I don't think he's a game manager. You watch some of the plays and the throws he makes. He and does, his legs, the athleticism. Yeah, he, he does spectacular things. He's not a game manager. Is he a system quarterback is the better question. That's the question that you've raised. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to know that. You can't know if he's a system quarterback because unless he's not in this system or And you want to know players, why this conversation's stupid? And maybe this is just personal for me. For 15 years, I heard people say, Tom Brady is a system quarterback. And Tom Brady is a product of Bill Belichick's system. Now everyone says, oh, it was more Brady than it was Belichick. Let me be clear with the Belichick part. You need to, Brady needed to go to Belichick and needed to be in that environment in the first part of the dynasty where they were constructed to show that he could belong and then some. But then... Eventually, Brady became so big, and there were so many changes just naturally when you're a part of that for 20 years, that it showed, oh, Brady is really the system. And Brady was not a great individual quarterback early on in his tenure. But as time got better, you saw him put up these prodigious stats. And I'm not saying this is necessarily what's going to happen with Brock Purdy, but with Brock Purdy, he is doing what is asked of him right now. And maybe one day when a Kittle retires or McCaffrey slows down or Debo slows down, then we'll get the true answer of how much it was Brock Purdy. And Brady showed you that it was like 60% him, 40% Belichick. But right now, Brock Purdy doesn't need to be the All-Pro. He doesn't need to be the MVP of the league because this roster is constructed to win and eventually there will be adjustments and you will adapt and you'll see what life is like without some of these players. But right now, he's just doing what's asked of him. And he's doing it at a very skillful way and at a very high level. And he's having a a really good season. So the system part, yeah, he needs Kyle Shanahan. He needs these players around him. Like, if he went to New England, I said this earlier, we're not talking about Brock Purdy right now. But you get an opportunity early, and then it's what you do with it and how you enhance that. And I think the other part of it also, I mean, you you bring up Tom Brady with the whole system quarterback thing. If you really want to make an apples-to-apples comparison, just stick with the 49ers. Joe Montana, Brock Purdy. Right now, Joe Montana might be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He won four Super Bowls. He had Roger Craig, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Brent Jones. He had Ronnie Lott, Charles Haley, Deion Mm -hmm. Sanders was on some of those teams. I mean, you talk about 
elite of the elite, and Bill Walsh is the yeah. all-time greatest mastermind of offensive play calling maybe ever with that West Coast offense and his coaching tree, who clearly he had the greatest assistant coaches there with him too. So you want to say that like Brock Purdy is assistant quarterback because of the guys he plays with and his coach, then let's go back to Joe Montana and say the same damn thing. So at the end of the day, if you're a good quarterback with whatever system you're in, with whatever players are around you, if you're winning and you're doing great things, who cares what the system yeah. is or not? You're doing great things where you are and with who you have, and that's all that matters. And name me a quarterback that has a more without great talent around him. Even, and we talk about Brady. Even when he didn't have receivers, he had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. He had great defenses like Richard Seymour and Asante Samuel yeah. and all those other guys. Every player wins Rodney a championship. Harrison. Rodney Harrison. I don't think we need to bring up Aaron Hernandez. There's a million, well, there's a million of these guys. He never guys. won a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to bring him up. Well, and he, he also didn't knock that ball out of Tyree's hand, which is crazy. Oh, Rod, are you talking about Rodney Harrison? Yeah. Well, Rodney Harrison won two Super Bowls. Oh, Rod- I thought you were saying that Rodney no, Harrison was— No, I was saying uh, Rodney Harrison's one of the great postseason. That six-year run, uh, six-game run that he had in New England was unbelievable. Um, in 2003-2004, I was saying Aaron Hernandez did not win a Super Bowl. No, but, anyway. but, but he was great Individually, yes. he was playing before everything went yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I still can't get over the whole Aaron Hernandez thing. So I, I never went from liking a player more to then despising a player's guts. More than Aaron Hernandez. I did not think we were talking about Aaron Hernandez today. Anyway, uh, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll go to the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama next with Tony Pauline, who will join us on the Zach Gelb Show in five minutes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck at a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at WesleyFinancialGroup.com. 
Uh, the Senior Bowl is ongoing throughout the entire week in Mobile, Alabama. And now joining us is Tony Pauline, who is there. He's a consulting editor and NFL draft analyst for Sports Skeeta, and he joins us right now. Tony, I know it's been a while. Appreciate the time. How you been? Uh, it's hired at this point because it's been three days of senior bowl practice after three days of shrine practice, and I'm in an airport waiting to get home after a week. So uh, enjoyable time, but uh, a lot of work. So what was like the big story? When you look back, I know there's a lot of chatter that goes on uh, at the senior bowl. For you, what were some of the takeaways being there? Well, from a player perspective, so many of the offensive linemen did exceptionally well, and you know this is going to be a good offensive lineman class, especially at the offensive tackle position. Your interior guys, Jackson Powers Johnson of uh, Oregon, was phenomenal. Isaiah Adams of Illinois was terrific. Both of those guys helped themselves uh, incredibly well. I think uh, Powers, ja- uh, Powers Johnson solidified himself as a late first-round pick. I think many of the offensive tackles, Fanuegua of uh, Oregon State was really, really good. He's going to go top 15. Tyler Guyton of Oklahoma was outstanding. He's going to go top 15. I think Roger Rosengarten of uh, Washington had a terrific week. So I think overall, I mean, we're expecting it to be a real strong offensive line class, and those guys past three days. When you look at the receivers, and not necessarily everyone that was there at, at the Senior Bowl, but we know some of the big names at the top, how many receivers do you think could potentially go in the top ten after our Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. probably goes four to the Cardinals? Two, maybe three. I, I do think Malik Neighbors will be a top ten pick. Roma Dunze could be a top ten pick. We'll see what happens. I think a lot with the – but Dunze depends on his testing, his 40, the shuttles, and the three-cone because, you know, the, the receiver position at the NFL these days, as we saw at Jordan Addison last year, especially in the draft, you don't have to be 6'2", 215 pounds. You don't have to run a 4'3", You have to be able to separate through your routes. And it's going to be that route running, which a lot of guys did well, you know, here at the Senior Bowl and the Shrine Bowl. Smaller guys that you wouldn't think would be early picks, but that's what the league wants. They want separation. So, I think Adunze could be a top-ten pick if he tests well. I do think Malik Neighbors is also a top-ten pick. Tony Pauline here with us. Had the week go uh, for Michael Penix Jr. and then also Bo Nix? Average at best. I mean, really, the best quarterback of the week was Carter Bradley of South Alabama, ironically. He's practicing on his home field. I think with you know, Bo Nix wanting to come and see him show the ability to drive deep passes and, and hit long throws, really didn't do that. Panic, you wanted to see some consistency. Didn't really do that. I mean, his passes were all over the place. I think overall, you know, you wanted to see a lot from these quarterbacks, and we really did not get much. I think it's clear, right? You have Williams, May, and Daniels. They're probably going to go one, two, and three in some order in the NFL draft. How many other quarterbacks do you then think will go in the first round? I mean, if it was up to me, if I'm looking at it, I'm saying zero. But you never know what the quarterback position. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. J.J. McCarthy's probably going to go late somewhere mid to late first round, and I think that should be it. But you never know what the quarterback position because it's such a high need and they're always so overdrafted. I mean, you could have a fifth quarterback selected in the first round. Uh, I, I I think after McCarthy, any other quarterback in the first round is a major reach. Maybe Bo Nix, definitely not Michael Penix, though. How would you rate, by the way, uh, Daniels, uh, Williams, and May? How would you go one, two, three, one, the guy you want the most, three, the guy that you want the least? Uh, I I mean, Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. They're different types of quarterbacks. I mean, uh, Caleb Williams is a dynamic playmaker. He's a dynamic personality on and off the field. 
you're going to hear a lot of criticisms leading up to the draft about his mechanics. He's an arm thrower. He throws a lot of flat-footed passes. Some of those passes that he made on Saturday, he's not going to be able to make on Sunday. Drake May is more of your traditional pocket passer. He's a lot bigger, but he's also mobile. He's got some mobility, and he can make all the throws, and he can make them all with dead-on accuracy, <laughs> Excuse me, and he's an outstanding passer. The problem is, is there were a lot of bumps in his game last year. And then there's Jaden Daniels, who really has been on the rise since the second half of the 2022 season. Heisman Trophy winner, but that really doesn't factor into the uh, – into the scouting uh, scouting grade. It's just that he's consistently gotten better and better and better. He gets it between the ears. I don't know that he's as physically talented as the other guys when you look at arm talents, but the guy's been a winner, and you always like to get those quarterbacks uh, coming out, coming into the draft that are coming out of playing their best college football. Let's wrap it up with Tony Pauline, who joins us right now. Just circling back to what you said about Michael Penix Jr., it felt like, after the semifinal game against Texas, right? He could go as high as a top 15 pick. And then after the national championship game about uh, going up against Michigan, it felt like he was a fringe first round pick, maybe a second round pick. Is it as just simple as the performance in the national championship game just started to ruin his stock a bit? No, I, I don't think, you know, you don't scout a guy off of one game and a guy doesn't move that much over off of a game or two. You know, but you look at Penix, and I know people love him. He's got some great highlights. He's a great story. A lot of credit to him, but he's overaged. He's had a, a lot of injuries, and when you're overaged, it means that scouts look at it that you don't have a great amount of upside potential. You are basically tapped out. You know, he's not going to get that much better. You factor in the injuries, and you know he's gotten a rap as a guy who's not a real hard worker. Going back to his days at Indiana, not a guy that's really willing to do the necessary things off the field to make him a better quarterback on the field. Deserves all the credit in the world for the way he rebounded at Washington. It was a great season. But again, you know, it's a projection to the next level, and especially the streakiness, because a lot of times you didn't know what you were getting from Michael Penix, you know, game to game, quarter to quarter. You know, as you saw in that national championship game, he wasn't a guy that consistently played at a high level, a la Jaden Daniels. There's a reputation about um, Penix that way, about the, the lack of hard work, because I feel like that's all I heard the last year was all the injuries overcoming all the work that, that he put into it to get what he did the last two years. Well, I, I mean, yes, he had a rehab injuries to get back onto the field, but a lot of people said if he put the work in before, you wouldn't have seen a lot of those injuries. Interesting. I wrap it up with Tony Pauline, who joins us right now. Um, to you, is Marvin Harrison Jr. the best player in this draft? Number one player on my board. It's not, it's not even a question. I got uh, – a good amount of space between he and the next highest rated player on my board, which is Caleb Williams. So when you look at the first three picks, right, I think a lot of people just believe that, right, the Bears will take Williams one, then the Commanders will go May two, and the Patriots will go Daniels three. Is there any way you see one of those teams passing on a quarterback to take Marvin Harrison Jr. in the top three? Passing, no. I mean, as I wrote earlier this week, there are teams like the Denver Broncos and uh, – and Sean Payton, who are desperate to move up to get a quarterback. The Giants would like to get up and move a quarterback. But unless you're going to put some sort of major blockbuster deal in front of one of those three teams, uh, they're not going to move down. So uh, could, uh, could they trade down and not take one of the quarterbacks? I'd put that percentage under 5%. Could they shock us and take, you know, pass on a quarterback? I'd put that at uh, less than 0.01%. And then just the last thing that I'll ask you, you being there in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, uh, what was the reaction today uh, when...
And we all kind of found out that Dan Quinn's going to be the new coach of the Commanders. Um, you know, I had reported that earlier in the week that that was the word out of uh, out of Mobile. If you follow me, so yeah. I don't think it was it was it was a shock to anybody. I mean, it kind of I, I think there was a shock in the whole coaching carousel, starting with Dallas deciding to keep McCarthy, and then uh, you know the way some of the things shook out. But I mean, Quinn was really the best prospect, the best coaching uh, candidate left, except for Mike Vrabel. And as I said last night, it looked like all along that Vrabel's just going to take the year off. Why didn't the commanders further explore Belichick? Because some people ask that with him being available. Well, because the commanders want to do things the right way, and doing things the right way is getting out of Peters in as general manager and building that sort of culture. If you bring in Bill Belichick, he wants to run the whole thing. He wants to, even though he's, as I said last night in the article, even though he's told teams that, you know, uh, no, I don't want to do it. They're afraid that once he gets in, he's going to want to run every single detail of the organization as he did in New England for so long. And unless he has that great quarterback, that one right quarterback, like a Tom Brady, who's a perfectionist, it's not going to work. That's why he didn't get the job in Atlanta. He is Tony Pauline, consulting editor, NFL draft analyst at Sportskeeda. Tony, appreciate the time. Safe travels. Thanks for having me. There you go. Tony Pauline joining us on CBS Sports Radio. The only thing I'll push back on, and and Tony, right, he knows these uh, prospects inside and out. I have not heard that Michael Penix Jr. has a poor work ethic. That was the only part that I didn't get of that conversation. Um, And I do believe that's a big story going into the NFL draft. Where is he going to go? Because right now I think it's easy to just say, that the first three picks in the draft, Williams, May, and Daniels. And then, let's be real, Marvin Harrison Jr. probably had to go four to the Arizona Cardinals. But then how many other quarterbacks are going to go in the first round? Like, Boyle, I know you watch a a ton of college football. I think you would agree with everything I just said about one through four of the NFL draft. You're going to have the three quarterbacks go and then Marvin Harrison Jr., uh yes, is that what I would do? No, but yeah, in different all, conversation. In all likelihood of what will happen? Yes, I agree. So then, after that, how many quarterbacks do you believe are going to go in the first round? Like the potential candidates I get are Pettix Jr., Bo, Bo Nix, uh, JJ McCarthy. Like I'm a huge Michigan fan. I know you are. I don't think JJ McCarthy's a first round quarterback. I would not draft him in the first round. I, would I wouldn't either. draft Bo Nix in the first round. Michael Penix Jr. overcame a lot of adversity and was a rock star the last two years. But I probably wouldn't draft him in the first round either. Like, I only think there's three first-round quarterbacks in this draft. Jaden Daniels, uh, Caleb Williams, and then also uh, Drake May. And I think that's it. Yeah, now as somebody that when anytime I post a winning bet, you go, well, where are the losses? I don't think anybody was higher on Michael Penix than me. sensitive here. First (laughs) Chef, now you. You What were the days at CBS Sports Radio where we could have a little fun and and make some jokes here? I'm just saying. You're you're always the fun. Where are the losses? Where are the losses? (laughs) Um, Nobody was higher on on Penix than I was, and I legitimately thought he was going to have the game of his life. I think Washington won the Pac-12 before the season started. Yeah, and I I legitimately thought he was going to have the game of his life against Michigan. Michigan, and that would have put him in the conversation for number one overall. I, I think, don't think it would have ever uh, I, went past uh, Caleb Williams. I think his arm is incredible. I think he immediately has a top 10 arm in the NFL. Um, I, I love his pocket presence. Obviously, you worry about the the reconstructed shoulder and the re- twice reconstructed knee. So, you know, 
I totally understand if he doesn't go in the first round solely because of that. But what he has done on the field, mm-hmm. I think he is worth a first-round pick. So the, the part to me, I think, like when we get back to the Brock Purdy conversation, like could Brock Purdy go anywhere and have the success? Yeah. The fit does matter. Like you want to tell me Atlanta is getting Michael Penix Jr.? I, could, I think there's enough around him. You want to tell me the Vikings draft Michael Penix Jr.? I think there's enough around there for him to go uh, into a solid foundation. But if you put... Michael Penix Jr., let's say on the Patriots, who have nothing right now. Wouldn't be good. I, I don't think that would be good. And, like, as a Pats fan, I'm sitting there. I think the best player in the draft is Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he's the best player in the draft. I'd be fine if the Pats at three took Marvin Harrison Jr. and punted a year to find the quarterback. But as the more and more of this goes on, I think they're taking uh, Jaden Daniels. And I am intrigued by the upside of him with the mobility that he has because the Patriots really for the last 20, 25 years have quarterbacks that are not mobile. Yeah. Now let me slap my play like a champion today sign and say that I think Joe Alt might be the best oh. overall player in I know that you're draft. Gonna, but... I'm like, oh, here comes a Sam Hartman honk. The Hartman <laughs> no, honk of no, Boyle. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> but, I mean, this is what happens every year, right? We're like, all right, maybe two quarterbacks in the top five, maybe four in the first round. And then, you know, we hit February, we hit March, and these general managers, it, every year they they – they fall in love with the yeah. with the allure of a quarterback that could bring their team mm-hmm. back to the playoffs. And desperation really is the reason why we end up seeing probably five quarterbacks get taken in the first round this year. We know three will go right now, yep. maybe at most four. Um, but also, I do believe, like, there's been years, like you said, Malik Walsh was supposed to be a first-round pick. Didn't go to the third round. Only Kenny Pickett went. Um, obviously, last year... <sighs> Will Levis falling out of the first round stunned anybody. We had three quarterbacks go in the top four or five picks, and then no one until the second round. And then there's been those other years, the Trevor Lawrence draft, five in the first round. Yep. The Baker Bay, well, I guess we could call the Josh Allen Lamar Jackson draft, five in the first round as well. So you truly don't know, but the conversation is always centered around the quarterback. All right, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We'll get to a Zach Gelb Show PSA next. Update time first. Here is Pat Boyle. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. It is a Thursday. That means it's time for a Zach Gelb Show PSA. 
It's a Thursday. What do you have to say? It's the weekly Zach Gelb Show PSA. Who's with me? Let's go. Come on. So before I start my PSA, I try to be a good human being. And I have not asked this question yet to Moist Mike. But now Moist Mike is back from his vacation in beautiful Florida. And uh, he was traveling for the first time with his little one. And also his dog, too, which I didn't know. And they were packed, like, between... Uh, I was going to call your wife Mrs. Moist, but that just doesn't sound right. <laughs> between <laughs> Miss, uh, Mrs. Samter, uh, Miss Samter, Mr. Samter, the baby, and uh, your dog. You had, what, 12 bags for you people? Don't even get me started, man. I wanted to murder everybody. And then by, <laughs> the, end the, by the end of the trip... Calm down! Jeez, murder everything! Every- this is your family! Uh, no, not just my family, just like the entire, just everybody, the world, oh, like the, the planet. I just, mm. I wanted to go scorched earth. I was going to throw bags into the Hudson. It got ugly. Yeah. Did you uh, have a good traveling experience then, though? Was once, the baby fine on the plane? Once we got on the plane, getting those 12 bags on the plane yeah. was a nightmare. Once we were on the plane, our little Alex was an angel. Like nice. there, there were other babies on the plane Uncle crying Zach and screaming. Is proud. There yeah. we go. Other babies on the, on the plane crying and screaming. Our little girl was giggling and laughing. She kept reaching to touch the lights up above. She was opening the window shades and yeah. giggling out the window. She had the best time ever. The stewardesses and flight attendants Loved were all her. walking by, giving her special treatment because she was so wonderful. Mm-hmm. However, getting on and off was no fun. So I actually went out last week with uh, my sister, my mom, my dad, and my niece, and we went to an Italian restaurant. And it was kind of like a smaller Italian restaurant where you know everybody. The entire restaurant was lit up because of my niece. So that is pretty cool when the little one just overtakes like a restaurant or an airplane or something like that. But I'm glad you guys had a good experience. The thing I don't get is, and this is not me being like a jerk. You guys aren't big people. How do you have 12 bags? Like your shirts aren't that big. No, so basically what we did, because we knew that traveling with the baby for the first time, we just didn't know how it was going to go. So we booked an extra seat. Overpacked. Yeah. So tickets to Florida were not that expensive, so we booked an extra seat. We had the entire row, Mm -hmm. all the three of us. Nice. So we had three carry-ons, three personal items. Okay. The baby's bag doesn't count as an item. The dog doesn't count as an item. The baby doesn't count as an item. So basically, we're carrying the dog, the baby, the baby's bag, plus three personal items, plus three uh, carry-on bags, plus the stroller... Plus the baby's car seat, which comes out of the stroller, which goes onto the plane. A lot of junk. It was no fun. Yeah. All right. Here's my PSA, by the way, with airplanes. So we're all getting ready to go to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. We leave on Sunday. There's nothing more. uh, There's nothing that annoys me more when you get on an airplane. The flight happens. The flight ends. And the moment the flight lands, everyone stands up. I can't stand it. Where are you going? They didn't even open the door yet. And when you're sitting in the 33rd row, there are six people to the left, six people to your right. And then you times that by 32. So there's a lot of people that have to leave the plane. Plane lands, stay in your seat. And when it's your turn to get out, then you get out. But being a larger person who usually sits on the aisle that's tall... I can't stand when the 115-pound the girl or the 8-year-old child 
has to get up the moment when the plane lands, and then I'm standing there, ducking my head the entire time, waiting for 30 other rows to deplane. So that's my PSA. When you travel on an airplane, don't leave the airplane until it's your turn to leave the airplane. The only way you leave the airplane when it's not your turn is if, like, part of the plane, like, falls off, like that video that I saw about a, uh, a month ago. But that's my PSA. All right, I guess I'll go next. I actually, I, I heard I, our company booked us that airline. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I, I, I can't, can't wait to travel with you to Vegas, man. That's going to be fun. Santa and I are going to go out on a parachute. I can promise you I'm going to be the first one standing up without. No, it's, it's funny, actually. As we landed uh, yesterday back from Florida, uh, my wife said first thing. She's like, what's the first thing that's going to happen as soon as we touch down? He goes, I go, people are just going to stand up and oh, just the stand there like idiots. Yeah. All right, so here's my PSA. I actually didn't have one. And the Stu's like, do you have a PSA? I'm like, no, I don't. Actually, yes, I do. Something happened to me in Florida that drove me freaking crazy. And it drives me crazy everywhere I go and every single time this happens. All right, I have a dog. I have a small dog. He's mm -hmm. a non-shedding, miniature little poodle that weighs 11 pounds. And a he's, mini poo? He's, yes, he's a shorky poo. Shih Tzu Yorkie poodle. He's a whole kind of mix of stuff. Gotcha. All right? Tiny, doesn't make a sound, Do doesn't shed, <laughs> hypoallergenic, doesn't cause any problems, all right? Now, I know that people kind of take advantage of this emotional support animal thing, but for the most part, like, people don't complain when you bring your small little dog into a place, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you bring a big, giant, like, Doberman or, or whatever, then maybe people might get uncomfortable. Maybe they're shedding or the dog shakes and there's hair everywhere. I get that. But when you have a tiny little dog that you're either holding or is not minding, you know, not causing any problems, you're minding its own business... Who cares? We're at Trader Joe's in Florida, just walking around. All the people at Trader Joe's, the entire staff, how cute is your dog? Oh, my gosh, your dog is so cute. Were you in Boca? Oh, can I pet your dog? Right in Boca. Well, can I just tell you how this goes? Yes. Sir, you're not supposed to bring that dog in this establishment. It was probably my grandmother who said it to you. And it wasn't anybody <laughs> who worked at Trader Joe's. It was just some lady. Hey, guys, you know that Florida law says you can't bring a dog in here. Three people at Trader Joe's just standing there laughing, looking at me, rolling their eyes. You're an animal, they're like, Michael. They're like, we don't care. Let your dog walk around. It doesn't matter. And this lady's screaming and yelling at my wife. We're you know, pushing the baby in a stroller. We got food in our arms. The dog's just hanging out. Who cares? You guys can't bring a dog in here. What does it matter to you? Is the dog bothering you? Is the dog causing you a problem? Shut up, lady. Mind your own business. Get the hell out of the store and let us enjoy our food. I thought Samter was going to say, just croak, old lady. Oh, I was going to, I was, we lost our mind on her. We're like, lady, mind your own business. You don't know what our situation is. Who do you think you are telling us what to do with our dog? Shut up and go away. My, my mother just texted me, 12 bags, that's a bit much. And then she goes, it was definitely your grandmother who ripped into my <laughs> What do you got, Stu? All right, mine is uh, fast food drive throughs Now, there's a couple issues here, but let's just go Have you with... ever walked through the drive through I have not, but I've seen people walk through I, it. I did that in, in college. There. So, last night was a fast food night for my girlfriend, myself, her sister, and her boyfriend. Mm. Um, Where'd you go? We went to Wendy's. Okay. Can fast food drive throughs get the order right? Now, I understand. Look, I understand. <laughs> uh, we had a big order. It was like, yeah, it was like 40 something dollars. It wasn't yeah. cheap. 
But you have some uh, substances that Brian does in the YouTube <laughs> chat? Is that why you got in some fast food? No, well, no. <laughs> but it, it, it's just like, can we just get the order right? We're, we're spending all this money. And mm-hmm. Can we not get back and have the wrong sandwich, the wrong the wrong order? It's just It just drives me nuts. So it, it messed up your order entirely? No, I mean, not entirely. There's only like one or two things wrong. But when one or two things are wrong, it, it kind of ruins the party, if you will. There was no body parts, though, Thank in the God, fast no. food order. Yes, you didn't no. get like a finger or something and That would be like a disaster. That would be bad. Or like a little piece of a rat's ear. Ugh. I've always I've read stuff like that. Same. There's been fingers and not chicken fingers, like actual human fingers in fast food, and then like a little sliver of a rat's ear. But that is annoying. And I, like I do Uber Eats a lot, and when they mess that up an too. Uber Eats, yeah. and you've been waiting an hour for the Uber Eats to come, ruins it. It's so obnoxious because they'll refund you, but I want the food that I ordered. So did you not check in the bag? I mean, like we, the bag's all greasy and everything. If we checked, and it's that. like it has like four sandwiches and all this other stuff. It's hard to actually go through the actual sandwiches. You have to unwrap it, and yeah. it, it, that's just a pain in the you-know-what. Yeah, all righty. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. That is a Thursday Zach Gelb Show PSA. Wow, my mother is just torching you guys. There is nothing in the world that my mom hates more than fast food. She goes, Stu's eating habits are disgusting. <laughs> What a thing for Mama Gelb. To fast text. food like once a month. She went from just eviscerating Hickey. Maybe this is where I get it. Like she used to, <laughs> she, she went after Hickey the day he did the push-ups in the studio and we did some cookie challenge. I forget what it was. Oh no, it was a, a Pat Riley challenge. When Pat Riley went after the media and said that they couldn't do push-ups and Hickey like banged out 40 push-ups. And my mom goes, yeah, Hickey's got to work a little bit on his form. Now in the last segment, my mother attacked Samter for bringing 12 bags to the airport and then also attacked Stu for, to quote, his disgusting eating habits. I will say this. Your Tread mom lightly, is, it's my mother. Your mom is not <laughs> wrong for, for going after us. My wife and I <laughs> thoroughly admit that we way overpacked. We were just trying to be overly cautious. You're and no parents. Also, and we also weren't staying at a hotel. We were staying at mm-hmm. uh, a family member's house, so we had to bring stuff to there. But, yeah, we learned for next time what we can and cannot Avoid packing next time. Now, I'm not a father that I know of, but I will just say, like, <laughs> if I was a new a new parent, I would be paranoid. I would be paranoid. And I would overpack. I overpack now. I would overpack if I had a little one and not I was that responsible you know for of, something. I love it. That helps them. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.